Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. We are excited about this week. This is an amazing episode and a pretty big week for us because Steph is off to Israel on holidays. Oh my goodness, so jealous. Oh, I am so excited. I am literally about to fly out tonight and bring on that 30 degree weather. Yeah, I know. And I'm still going to be so cold all week. But um, yeah, I'm going to stay behind and I'm going to man the fort. So that's okay. And I'm also going to Sydney over the weekend to hang out with my best friend, Jid, which I am so excited for. So that's a nice thing to look forward to. So we have some news. We do have some news. So because I'm going to be in Europe for a few weeks, we decided that instead of me lugging around a suitcase with my podcast equipment, that we are going to take a little podcast break. Uh, so we are going to be gone three long weeks, but don't worry. We've been doing so much podcasting lately. So we thought this is a great time for you to just go back, catch up on all the amazing episodes on Instagram. We'll be recapping some of our favorites for you and we will be back right here on our pink couch, bringing you more podcasting from Monday, July 22nd. We'll be coming back with an In Conversation episode. We haven't recorded it yet. So if there is anything you want to listen to us talk about, please let us know. And then we have lots of incredible interviews lined up for you for July, August and beyond. So today's guest, oh, Boy, is she special. She sure is. Zoe Lamont. So just to give you a bit of a background, Steph and I often have the discussion around why we, as women in business, we just don't know that much about like finance and money. It's not where our strengths lie, but we often chat to our female friends and feel like they all feel the same. And men often sit around talking about money and we were like, hey, we can do anything they can do. So we found Zoe. She is incredible. She founded 10,000 Girl, an initiative she started to educate women on finance. She's also the co-founder of Verve Super, which is this amazing female-focused super fund in Australia. They literally do such important things for women, but we go into all of that later. She's also just like the warmest, loveliest, and best person ever and she honestly makes talking about money fun and simple it makes sense when she talks about it so in this episode we talk about some great stuff lots of burning questions that we had including why so many women don't know that much about money how we can change the conversation and lots of easy tips on how to think about save and be strategic with your money to help you achieve your dream life for which we all just want to live absolutely so enjoy this one take notes I definitely did. Stick around till the end. We're going to chat through an audience member's question and it'll be fun. See you soon. So I loved that when we reached out to you as well, you were like, Oh, hey, yeah, I've just been on a drive and I listen to episodes. <laughs> so great. I love them. Oh, good. Do you Thank podcast? You. Do you listen to podcasts a lot? Well, well, only when I'm driving alone, which is not very often because... Um, You've got Because of the kids? 
Yeah, okay. And so it was just this perfect timing that I was about to hop in the car for three hours by myself. And I was like, sweet. And I loved it. I was like, yeah, super inspired when I got home. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, we like to keep it like a really nice amount of like fun and like positive. and educational. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Digestible, I like to call it digestible is good yeah yeah exactly well i've spent my last 10 years trying to make money stuff digestible so we'll see how we go yeah totally i i think that we're in good hands here. we're <laughs> feeling really good about it and like for us like we just always talk about like we're so shit with money and so we're the worst yeah we're terrible like we just didn't kind of grow up learning about it and i'm sure we'll talk all about why but we were just like, oh my God, you know, we're sure so many other people feel the exact same way. We need to get someone on the podcast to come and talk to us about this. And isn't it cool that there is now this appetite, like coming from a grassroots level that especially young women want to talk about money? Like they actually want to be in control of their financial future, even if if there's some level of discomfort and they're in a bit of a debt pickle or whatever it might be there is a strong desire to want to be in control. And I think that's relatively new in the grand scheme of things. Like our grandmothers and a lot of our, many of our mothers didn't have that. Totally. Well, I think it just like comes from a fact that like, we're like, okay, we're women. We want to be able to do it all. And like, Mm -hmm. this is definitely like a big thing that stands out to me that like still like I, you know, when I kind of like sit around with my boyfriend and we're like chatting, like he just knows like, you know, I'm smart. I'm like switched on. I'm driven. But like, he just knows so much more than me about like all this, I don't know, like investing and like saving money and stuff. And I'm like, why don't I know any of this stuff? It's like completely bizarre. And, and I feel like if I was a guy, like me, but a guy, I would know it all. Mm, that is so interesting because that is why I got interested in this space. Exactly that reason. How come at the pub we have the boys talk about money stuff and girls don't like and I think this is we're starting to see a bit of a shift but like 10 years ago I was like this is ridiculous we've all got to talk about it but like it's it is a gender thing whether it comes from subconscious or whether it's part of our like sort of cultural or natural in like interests I'm not sure so where where does that come from do you like have you I mean I know that you've read all the things and done all the research like where you know where does that start is it like dads speaking to their sons about it and not necessarily like the daughters don't get spoken to about finances or like where does that kind of come from so I think that there's probably two like parts that it comes from so the first is historically if you look back at our grandmothers and great-grandmothers and they might have bought the groceries and probably been given an allowance to do that but they weren't planning and doing the long-term sort of financial decision making and I think that even if we think we're the new modern independent woman those subconscious Uh, belief systems of women aren't money managers and all those sort of things are real in our psyche whether we know it or not and so I think we have to as a as a society and and even through money conversations with our friends and our sisters and our gradually sort of peel those layers off and and get rid of that old school thinking Mm. and then the other thing and I'm really noticing it with having a little boy and a little girl at the moment that sort of nature versus nurture thing that they can both be playing with a truck and the 
little boy, you know, rams it into the wall and the little girl wraps it in a blanket and carries it round. And so I think that there is, like, we, we are made differently. And the financial services industry is majority led by men, created all the products and services, created for men, like all modelled around a 25, you know, even the super modelled around a 25-year-old male working for um, 40 years and retiring at 65. And that's not how women live. Yeah, Our patterns are different and our way of communicating is different. And I think that the financial services industry also needs to change to engage women. So do you feel like it is changing a little bit now? Like, do you feel like with kids... Um, you know, it's it's going to kind of become more even that people are going to speak to the little boys and the little girls about making money. Like I remember there was this program at school called like Dolomites where you kind of started to learn how to, I don't know, save a little bit and things like that. Do you feel like that's like coming through a little bit more? Definitely. And I think then our like, you know, the next generation, I speak to so many young mothers and they desperately want to change their ways so they can change the ways for the next generation, right? It's such a driver. So I think that's really exciting and I think we'll see a huge wave of of change in the next couple of generations. Yeah, that's really cool because I actually read a fact um, that you talked about, like speaking of super, that you've said that women retire on half the amount of savings as, as men do. Yeah, which and is why is that? Crazy. Is that because we earn so much less than them? So is there that how is that a works? yeah. So there is a few reasons. So it is that. So earning less from the gender pay gap, like literally being paid less for the same job. Yeah, mm. and I and never even thought about the fact that that leads to less money in your savings at when you retire. Yeah, well, a percentage of that through mm-hmm. your whole life makes a difference, right? Yeah. And then. You know, women are typically taking on more caring and child raising responsibilities. And so you tend to have a career break at a really um, pivotal part of Mm. your of your career where you're either not working or you're working part time. And then you come back and I've seen, you know, so many of my extremely intelligent, educated friends do this because they want to focus on the family. They go back in a more a lower level job than they are capable of because they want that ease in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's all these, you know, all these elements. So when we're seeing women retiring with half the super of men, women over 55 are the fastest growing group facing homelessness. Wow. Like it's a national crisis. And the fact that our systems, both our tax systems and our financial services systems aren't yet dealing with this sufficiently yeah Yeah. so you seem like you've got it all together you know you are like the money go-to guru and you're you know inspiring all of these people to get on top of their financials Uh, what did it look like for you when you were like 22 or whatever hanging out in the pub and being like why do my mates talk about why do my guy friends talk about money but my girlfriends don't yeah like where did you go from there to kind of start learning about money and changing that yeah, sure. So first of all, I think there is no money guru. And if anyone tells you there's a money guru, stay away from them. <laughs> because I think it's a constant learning curve, right? But um, but I do remember the that phase of coming back from those, you know, few fan- footloose and fancy free years traveling and you literally have come back with $3,000 credit card debt and nothing else, mm. not even a job. 
And um, and so, of course, first step, get a job. And I found myself working, um, what I now know, in the social enterprise space. So um, working with a lot of like startup businesses. And I was really seeing the businesses that were going forward and the businesses that weren't. And it was all about their planning, like the ones that really knew where they wanted to be in a year and in five years and, and down the track. And it made me really think about, hey, we need to treat ourselves like a business and we need to, I need to know where I want to be financially and in my life in a year or five years or, you know, a few years down the track. But I didn't know where to start or what questions to ask or like, and so I literally just started saying that to my friends. Is anyone else feeling like this, that we should, you know, know stuff, but we are not? you know getting to where you know we don't even don't know, know the stuff. <laughs> you don't know the stuff but what stuff to even talk about yeah and so um it was funny then when I was asking myself those questions because of course then different people and stuff come into your life right and um this is fabulous girl she was a finance journalist and I don't even know how she came across these pub chat groups that we were we were having but um, her name was Annalie Knight and she's just a gem and she'd recently written a book called Flirting with Finance. I don't think it's out um, anymore, but it was all about making money chat digestible for young women, right? And um, and so I read this book and, um, and I started talking to Annalie and stuff. I was like, maybe we should make this book into a more digest... Like, I don't know if I'd ever go to the bookshop, bookshop and buy a money mm, book. Yeah. But um, but can we make it like pop it in little bits of videos and workshops and stuff so we can actually – and so that's how the 10,000 Girl campaign started and that's how I started collecting my personal information and I've never been someone who, you know, tells people what to do. I'm a question asker. So in all our workshops and stuff, I'm always just throwing to – the group and starting the questions of what what money questions do you have and then inviting financial planners and mortgage brokers and bankers and accountants and stuff into the room and starting the conversations and that's where you collect the best knowledge yeah that was kind of because we kind of asked around the office as well you know like oh we're sitting down and we're having this conversation about money like what do you want to know and like the first thing that someone said was like I don't even know what I want to know <laughs> yeah that's the problem you know it? like she's like I just don't even know where to begin like and I think that's like it stems from like a yeah like we're we're having more conversations and we're becoming more aware of the things we don't know but you don't know how to just kind of like dive in I feel like we need to have like group sessions like get around with like the girls like once every couple of weeks or once a month or whatever like when we're with our boyfriends they like sit there like we were on a holiday in Hawaii and they were like um, learning all about Bitcoin and like yeah they were doing all this Bitcoin stuff and they were like do you guys want to do it and we we're like no we don't get it yeah. <laughs> you know and like I feel like we need to like consciously be like no let's all sit down and like actually like learn about something like Bitcoin watch a documentary on it like you know take active steps towards learning more about it and getting involved in those conversations totally and that's probably from from the last 10 years of literally sitting down with groups of women like every single day for the last 10 years, that is the biggest question. Where do I even start? Mm. So where do you start? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> so um, I think I always say, and this surprises people, that the best place to start is actually, and this is great for women, starting with your goals 
like starting with what do you even want to achieve in your life? Like your vision board and your, you know, what what kind of things do you want to do in the next couple of years? Mm, like travel or um, like maybe like saving for a house, thing, even like pretty things you want to buy, a pet that you want to own that might like cost an arm and a leg because Panther does. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> <laughs> get insurance, get pet insurance, everyone. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so that, that sort of, you know, what do you want to do in the short term? And then, and sometimes a bit more of a confronting question, what do you want your post-work life to look like? Because I think this is one of the biggest questions and because it seems like, you know, so far away, it seems totally. like a ridiculous, you don't know who you're going to be, you don't know what you're going to want. Yeah, and it seems that, like it's right? never even going to happen. You're like, exactly. you know, when you're when you're 20, you think I'm never going to be 30. Like that seems like ages away. And then when you're 30, you're like, oh crap, I'm going to be 40 soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but if you can start to think even really basic stuff, like, when you've stopped working, do you want to be able to uh, go overseas each year, each five years? Do you want to be able to go overseas for six months a year or two weeks a year? Or do you want to be able to have air conditioning? Or do you want to be able to have, like, be able to renovate your bathroom in that 40 years of post-working? Like, if, if you want to have travel and, you know, more fun things in retirement, which, let's be honest. Yeah, we all Everyone do. does. Yeah. Then we need to, in our 20s, 30s and 40s, be squirrelling little bits extra away out of that every time a paycheck comes in. Yeah, we put it in our short-term pot for our everyday living and a bit of, you know, emergency buffer, like safety buffer and a bit of our short for our short-term goals, what we mentioned before. But we also need to be squirrelling a bit into that long-term pot and a bit into that medium-term pot. And that's what I think um, women don't, tend to think about because it's easier to think about the short term and so that's why I think that it's really important to start thinking about your long term when you're younger because you only have to do little bits along the way to make a big difference like hundreds of thousands of dollars difference to your future where I spend so much time speaking to women in their 50s and and 60s who it's very hard. They don't have time on the their side. If they don't have big incomes and they're still supporting children and stuff, it's very hard to get another hundred grand into your into your sort of long term pot. Yeah. So it's it's about like being able to like achieve the lifestyle that you want to and achieve your dreams. Like when, you know, people might look at their life and be like, oh, like I'd never be able to do that. It's like, oh no, this could actually help you make those things a reality. And also, I guess, like creating impact and change about the things that you care about. Like, does that come into play? Have you found like with, you know, like I feel like younger people now are caring more about... Um, like, for example, like we really feel passionate about animal rights, mm. um, female empowerment, things like that. Is that like a driver? I think that this is the single most exciting way we are going to engage, a, like really increase women's engagement in the money conversation is around that what, what power, what collective financial power do we have with changing the world. Yeah. And I think that if you link every one of your buying and financial decisions to the impact that has then in the world, makes it really interesting, right? Mm. And apply that to investing. So let's say um, like even what Verve's trying to do with our ethical investing 
isn't it so much more interesting to put money away for the future if you know it's being invested in renewable energy, in um, preventative healthcare, in regenerative agriculture, in like all these all these industries and companies that are going to create a brighter future rather than if you're just, you know, going along and you just put your money in whatever bank that you your your family has or or your super fund that your employer has, your money is very likely to be invested in armaments, in tobacco, in gambling, being like like weaponry and like so war. Yeah. Um, in products and services that hurt animals, in you know, like there's, it's it's absolutely hundred percent certain that if you haven't made a conscious decision about where you're investing your money, especially in your super fund, then you are investing in these companies, and it's really easy to find out. Like literally going to the to the website, and if the information isn't available, it's likely. It's not that ethical, but call them. Like, let's, as consumers, put pressure on, yeah. you know, the industries to change. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating. So, like, when, we, when you talk about, like, investing, so, like, my guy friends, of course, started, like, talking to me about this exact subject and they were like, you know, yeah, you've got to make sure, like, your investments are, like, green and this and that and, like, you know, not harming animals. And I was my first instinct was, oh, I don't do any investments. And then they were like... Well, no, like you're part of a bank. And I was like, yeah. They were like, you have a super fund. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, well, those are your investments. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? And I didn't even like understand how that worked on a very basic level until I started looking into it. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. All of these places that I, I guess, am keeping my money. It's not like I don't think of them as investments mm. because that's a scary word mm. that I don't dabble in very mm. much. Um, but yeah, wherever I'm keeping my money, they are actually investing on my behalf to earn that interest. Totally. So once you've kind of taken that first step of like really getting your head around like, okay, I I should be saving for my short term goals, like my travel and my Panther and then, you know, the middle bucket. And then like when I'm older and want to go traveling and do fun stuff. So then, then like, what's the next step? I guess how to how does the person in our office who doesn't know about money, like how does she start being more savvy? So I'm all for setting up your system so you don't have to think about it. So automating your system as much as possible. And this could be as easy as having um, one bank account for your savings, like to go to Fiji and 18 months or something fun fun (laughs) one um one you know bank account for your medium term and then I mean we probably can't go into this in huge amounts of detail but to then maybe every time you get two thousand dollars in that account you could buy a parcel of shares or something and then putting like an extra personal contribution so you don't only have to do your um the 9.5 percent of your salary that your employer puts in your super but you can also do a bit extra and you can just talk to like your payroll like all the payroll systems now it's really easy to pay someone and for them to say I want um 80 percent of my money into my this everyday bank account for my everyday living and I want um you know a hundred dollars a month to go into my super and I want 
um, $100 a month to go into this other bank account. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, you know how you get a pay rise or you get a bit more money and then you live on the money you have in your bank account, right? Yeah. yeah. If your money doesn't land in your bank account that totally. you have your FBOS card, you don't miss it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned shares there. I'm really interested in that. Like, how do you even know what are shares? Like, where can you get them? Where can you learn about them? Because that's also something that we've kind of talked about. Like, oh yeah, we should invest in something and get some shares. And boys just seem to know where to go. I don't know. Do they have like this secret men's club that like teaches them yeah, all of Yeah, it's called being a boy. Yeah, like yeah. I'm just like, where do I even start? I don't know. So at the moment, we're um, we're running a 30-day like investor-ready challenge for our members, and so we're about three quarters of the way through it, and we're having the best conversations because it's all it starts from this. I want to do it, but I don't know where to go or how to start. Yeah, yeah. like if I've decided like, that I want to care old more. White men, what does in what's investing exactly? So. I think it's important to start from the basics and say, well, what is a share, right? Mm. We know what a business is. A business is like our supermarket. It has products. People walk in the door, buy the products. Some, each of those products, some of it goes to paying for the cost of goods and some of it is profit. Each time, each year, every company, hopefully, makes a profit. They invest some of that profit back into the business so they might get more products or invest in technology or buy more stores or whatever. And then the other part of the profits either goes to who owns the business or if they're a listed company, so they're on the the stock exchange, it goes to um, their shareholders and in the form of like the financial jargon, dividends. Okay. And (laughs) um, And so you get... Uh, a percent as a shareholder you get a percent of the of the profit so you might own you know a tiny little amount of those shares so you get that same percentage of the of the profit right so you basically own a little piece of the company so then you get a little piece of the profit yeah yeah and I think when you break it right down to to that women get that because we're all consumers we go in we choose different products every day we and so we work in different places so naturally we, we know, and I think women have really great intuition. There's lots of cool reporting now, that um, research now that women make really good investors for a couple of reasons. But like using that intuition of what do you think the trends are of the, in the future and, and what businesses do you think will still be around and really taking over and growing in 30 years? And yeah, like no one's investing in petrol anymore because like obviously like we don't like it and we don't think there's going to be a big future in that so what else can we look at totally totally and so starting with that really common sense approach right and then you know um how when you start thinking about something there's that part of your mind that subconsciously collects information like have you had a funny goal that you know, something you've had on your mind and then all of a sudden you're in the car and you hear that radio interview or you... Totally. It's like when you're looking at a car that you like really yeah. want and then all of a sudden you see them everywhere. Totally. So it's like a part of our brain called our reticular activating system. And it's so powerful because even starting that money... So even if you got to the point of what we've just got to in a conversation with some girlfriends at the pub, then you are naturally, next time you go into the mall or something, going to have a little piece of your brain thinking as a shareholder rather than just as a, a buyer, right? Yeah. 
And so once you sort of start to get head around those basics, then you want to know a bit more about the mechanics. Okay, well, how do you, how do you actually become a shareholder? Well, and like how much money do you need to become a shareholder? Sure. Like, do I need to be a millionaire? Do I need to have a hundred bucks? How much money do you have to have to put it into some shares? So this is another thing why I am really passionate about women getting interested in investing in shares because while there's like all these nerves of, oh, I'm never going to be able to buy a house because I need to get this mega deposit together, la, 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 la. With shares, you can buy a piece of 200 companies for $1,000. Yeah. And so if you um, setting up, what you need to do is set up an online trading account. And these are linked to a lot of the banks or Google like CanStar or, you know, those financial comparison sites. No. No. (laughs) You know, like um, if you want to find the best savings account or find the best credit card or find the best. Okay. So it's kind of like Expedia. Yeah. For travel. But there's finance ones. Cool. Got it. And so you've got to take them like Expedia and all the travel ones with a grain of salt because obviously they make money from click-throughs so they might only list the ones that they've got relationships with rather than what's everything out there. But they're a good good place place to to start. And so Google online share trading account, right? Or if you bank with one of the major banks, they will have one and they're all much of a muchness. It's as easy and it's free as setting up a a bank account. So you just register. Mm And what that gives you access to is a big list of all the companies that are listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. So, you know, the big telcos, the banks, the resource companies, the um, emerging, you know, tech companies, the all of them. And so, um, and so, then you can you can literally. Um, transfer some money into that account like a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars and why I use that as a benchmark I tend to say two thousand dollars as a minimum purchase amount each time you buy because you might pay um twelve to twenty dollars as a fee to to buy Uh and so you don't want to pay that fee if you're only buying a hundred dollars because it will eat into your yeah Yeah, that makes sense yeah Okay, I feel like I've got my head around this middle bucket pretty well. Like that all makes quite a lot of sense. What about the short-term bucket? Like through 10,000 Girl, you worked with a lot of people. Was that more on that like short-term saving? Do you want to talk a little bit about what you did there with 10,000 Girl? Yeah, and I think that a lot of um, this is, it's really important to get your head around your your early stage priorities. Because if you don't have your short-term bucket sorted, you're not ready to invest because you're always scrambling mm, yeah you want to have a general level of stability and what gives you that uh three things so one you want to have your personal debt under control so by personal debt i mean anything that you're probably paying a high interest rate for like store cards credit cards personal loans and may not have anything behind it so not like a home loan or a car loan that you know, if you really got into a pickle, you could sell that and get rid of that debt. Mm. But a lot of times people- Like credit card debt. Exactly. For a holiday or clothes or something that you couldn't like sell. Yeah. So you want to absolutely prioritize that because with debt, you're you're paying interest and it's absolutely not doing anything for your financial picture. So while you're in that cycle, 
it's very hard to get ahead. Oh my God, I'm so guilty of that. Like I always just She's like- She's so guilty. I'm constantly just like got this credit card debt that I'm trying to pay off. And then I'm like, why Why do I even have a credit card? Like I should just have- Yeah, a- well I cut up my credit card like two <laughs> years ago. I know. And I was like, cause I was just like constantly like, oh, I have a few thousand dollars I need to pay off on that. And it was annoying me. So I just cut it up. Now I only have a savings card and I feel free. Why do we have credit cards? Like it's so, I don't need one. I'd rather have a savings card like and then I'm spending yeah, I just what, spend I have. what I have I don't yeah. want to spend what I don't have that's yeah. terrifying yeah and also I think that people once they get in that pattern they think what money's on their credit card is their money yeah I see this all the time and I like really try and help people change their mindset around that is not your money yeah, that is whoa yeah that's so powerful yeah. and and if you have let's say a five grand credit card debt and you have that for five or six years and you've bought a jumper in june five years ago you have essentially five years later paid at least double or if not more for that jumper Whoa. And so... (laughs) (laughs) You can tell we're not really like good sales. No, but this is such an awesome conversation, especially... And I have full blame for the banks. They make their money from credit cards, right? So some of us have some money in savings and some of us have some debt with the banks. And, you know, at the moment they might give you 1% for your savings, like your interest, but then on your credit card you might be paying 20% yeah. interest and so the banks are making that margin right yeah, they're because 19%. they're lending out yeah so they want people to have high interest debt mm-hmm. and they want them never to um to pay it back so let's say on an average like Australian credit card of this is the average of everyone not just um people with a credit card like three and a half grand or whatever if you're paying 21 percent interest if you pay the minimum repayment, so what the bank needs Requires you to pay, you. yeah, that is going to take you over 90 years to pay back Whoa, and over $27,000 in interest. Whoa. And For if, three and a half thousand dollars. And if you um, only have like, um, you know, you don't have all the three and a half thousand dollars to just get rid of it now, but... If you can just add a bit more than the minimum repayments, like paying, you know, just, yeah, even just like $50 more or whatever, like it doesn't have to be a big map, but more than the minimum repayments, you can bring that time frame like right back to two or three years and $1,000 interest. Mm. Like, so that's the maths and that's compound interest, not on your savings and investing, but working on the other side. On the other side. The maths is powerful, right? And so again, plug your money into a, a credit card repayment calculator on the Money Smart website. You know, it's not backed by a bank or anything, so it's not, you know, angling you um, to borrow more or whatever. And give yourself some motivation to be like, oh, how about if I just put that extra 10 or $20 a week in there? Whoa, that could, I could get rid of it this year, you know? Yeah. That's a really good feeling. That's yeah, that's so amazing. Cool. And then what about like in terms of where you're spending your money? Because like I recently got something, um, got an app called Pocketbook. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've Great. heard of yeah. it. Yeah, and so because I just like felt like, and even speaking to the girls in the office, we, we were all like laughing. We were like, we spend 
all this money and like we don't even know what it's on like particularly now that we don't even have like physical money you're just like tap tap tapping away you yeah, tap totally. and then all of a sudden you spend all this money so i found this app called pocketbook that i downloaded and it basically you start to input the information like it, it connects with your back end of your bank and then you tell it like oh this was coffee oh this was a gift oh this was personal care and then it starts to be smart and it starts to just like categorize itself and then it will send you like a monthly report or like you can create budgets for yourself so after I think like two months of just me like looking at how I was spending naturally then I started to make like budgets for myself and then it would send so I'd say like Because, you know, I like to get my lashes done. I like to get a facial. So maybe I'll like set my personal care budget or whatever for like like $300 or something for a couple of months. Um, And then it would send me notifications like you've spent 50%. So then I know like, oh shit, I have to cancel my haircut (laughs) and stuff like that. And it's helpful. It's so cool how technology can help us with our willpower and awareness and stuff without having to go into a dirty old spreadsheet and yeah, yeah, yeah totally. totally. Yeah, I feel like we all just shut down if we see a spreadsheet. Exactly. So it's really cool these like tech, you know, options available. And and so that can really help then with um working out, well, how much can you put into your debt repayment, into your so so just back onto this short-term buffer because that knowing your spending then helps you with your short-term bucket, right? Your mm-hmm. management of how you set it up. So you want to put everything else on like minimum payments or stop any other spending or invest like longer-term stuff you can and put it all into your personal debt and get rid of that. Like, yeah, okay. Dirty so like debt. Step one, no debt. We don't want to live in debt. Totally. There's some good debt, you know, like, you know, your home loan and Mortgage stuff. That's like that's, that's okay and like – you know, but um, but the debt that isn't making you money is bad. Mm. And so um, once you've got that, then you want to have a bit of a safety buffer. And so then you can look at your um, your app or and your spending and say, okay, well, if you know this is going to personal care, this is going to food and groceries, this is going to whatever. Um, well, what's going into my savings? You know, and actually then set up one bank account for your your everyday spending and one bank account for your like emergency buffer and one bank account for your shorter term goals like the holidays and stuff that you want to do in the next couple of years. And I think that separating your bank accounts and then having like, yeah, some feeds so you have some awareness of where your spending's going and stuff, you can work out then what you want to put in each bank account and set it up and then you don't have to think about it but you know that it's it's growing in the places you want it to be that's such awesome advice because for me like I just like kind of have I have two bank accounts but I kind of just use them both for the same Mm. thing and I think having it there in your three different bank accounts means okay I know this is my savings I'm not going to touch that and then mentally you're just like I don't have that so Mm. it's just like a total shift and don't have a card for those like you can you can cut up even if the card arrives cut it up and like because then then you absolutely have to be so conscious pulling money out of it if you do that rather than oh I'll just use that card today or whatever yeah Yeah. and it's pretty cool like if that's just in your back of your mind then like rather than like going out for brekkie you might just be like oh well like you know it's towards the end of the month and I really wanted to hit my goal so like maybe I'll just stay in or I've got leftover food so I can just like cook dinner for my friends or something like that just like being a bit more aware and a bit more in control I guess 
Oh. And I've seen the most incredible stories of – so whether it's really young women, you know, starting their career and having their paychecks for the first time and how they set it up and how that makes you feel or whether it is women that have gone through like abusive relationships and are resetting their life and, and their money's now in their control rather than, you know, having it controlled for them. Once you set up your system and you make your conscious money decisions – you feel so good. Like there's just another part of you that is this, this, this new confidence and security and stability, and and then and that plays out in different parts of your life as well. Totally. So I mean, we've kind of talked about the short term and the middle term, but with the long term, we want to hear more about Verve. Um, we were like so excited when we found Verve. Um, just like even the Instagram, like you know, it's a super fun, but it's like. A super fun that you want to follow on Instagram. I feel like you're doing something right. You know, like you've got good. <laughs> yeah, like on a there. super fun that we want to get involved with. You know, doing something right. <laughs> exactly, because like when you hear super fun, you're like uh, switch off uh, completely. But like, yeah, you guys are, are just doing something so different, and we want to totally hear all about that, and and then also about this like longer term bucket. Just makes my heart so happy because our whole goal, like, you know, there's three of us, three girls that have come from really different backgrounds, like have, and this is our goal, to start money conversations, to build women's financial engagement and confidence and to build women's wealth, you know, like to put more money in women's pockets because we know that women tend to make decisions that are more aligned with you know, the good things for society and for the environment and for like women are really leading a lot of these sort of um, ethical and sustainable movements. And so it's really um, cool that we can bring that into the money space now. And so that's what we're trying to do with Verve. So Verve's Australia's first women's super fund. And what we want to do is close that retirement savings gap. So, you know, those horrible stats we were talking about earlier, we want to make them gone. So our little girls and stuff do not even know about those stats, right? And I think that there are a couple of ways to do that. And this is what we're trying to address. One, the actual product design needs to be different. So our fees are different. So we don't charge fixed fees when you have really low balances or we don't charge fixed fees when you're on parental leave or so those little things because the fees eat away at women's super in those times you know when you're starting out and when you're having career breaks and so there's those little things like fee stuff and then the ethical investing piece and that's what's really like exciting because if you put your money into you know companies and industries and stuff that we that we believe in and that you're interested in then you are naturally more interested in following the progress of that right and um and I think that that's why we're getting this really cool feedback like what you say that oh my gosh I feel like this super friend super fund is like my friend (laughs) you know like I feel like for the first time I want to consolidate my 13 super funds and I feel like I actually want to know where my money is and I want to put more in there and you know like that is the kind of stuff that changes people's futures 
Well, and I think what's so great and so clever about what you guys are doing as well is like you're building a community like mm. everything now. Like we, when we talk about like running a brand, we're like, oh, it's not just enough to just sell shoes. You know, we want to create a community. And that's exactly what you're doing with Verve, which has never existed in a super fund. So Christina, one of your co-founders was telling us about this amazing Facebook group that you guys have where people just like will post asking questions about like their finances and what do they do and kind of like all sharing the knowledge. That's just like, that's amazing. So cool. And then you run education sessions as well for women, right? Like Christina was telling us how you've helped people get out of like this crazy credit card debt. It's just so cool. So do you know how many times I've cried from that Facebook group? <laughs> like <laughs> cried with just gratitude and love for the members of that just, you know, vomit out their credit card debts and then but then and what they're doing about it and stuff because then everyone else says well me too and maybe I want to fix mine and my debt-free day is this and it's incredible what women do when they put something out there and then someone else can help them and then oh I've been there too or then the older women that just absolutely fill my heart with so much gratitude because they're like please girls in your 20s and 30s please do this this and this these are the things that I didn't do that I wish I did yeah. you know they want to help they, they want, want it to be to, different they want it to be different f- future generations exactly oh, I can't talk right now and I think like women can do anything that they put their minds to we just need mm. to put our minds to this totally yeah. and I think starting the conversation like if people take one thing out of even this podcast it's start a money conversation mm. Because out of every exchange, we learn something, right? And then that something might lead us to the next money conversation or bit of information or action we might take in our lives or change that we might create. And it doesn't have to be this big overwhelming thing that we have to change all at once. Just thinking of it as one conversation at a time or one tweak in our mindset or one new bank account that's separate bank account that's set up or you know it just has to be little things because like our health journeys or our you know what uh, um whatever other sort of tracks were on in our life our money stuff and like our financial journey is a lifetime piece and so it's not something that you have to do all at once just think of it in little bite-sized pieces yeah totally so I feel like from this, like I, I need to set like a goal of like, what am I going to yes. do today because of this conversation? I'm going to get rid of my credit card debt. That's the Woo-hoo. first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to get back on pocketbook because I got like really lazy with it for a while. And then they started sending me a notification and I was like, whatever, I'm spending my money. Bye. <laughs> but I'm going to get back on it. Yeah. Because hearing you talk about that, I'm like, I want to be able to have like $2,000 that I can go and invest in something. That would be so good. So first step, got to take care of my, my short term bucket. Hmm. I just love that you've ended on this note because this is how I end all the workshops we run. That oh, really? Like we go around in a circle and say, right, what is everyone's number First one step. action? Oh, it wasn't yeah, even planned. That. It was just like inspired love by hearing so you much. talk about that. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait to talk to my friends about money. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait for my friends to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I love it, girls. Should we head into quick fires? I think we should. Um, so first question, what's the most beautiful view you've ever seen? Oh, do you know what? I think it's on the farm where I grew up and where the sun set outside the kitchen window. Oh, the pepper nice. trees. And is that in Wagga Wagga? Yep. Or oh, half an hour out of Wagga. Oh, cool. Okay. 
Um, so I said to you before, when we Googled you, all these pictures of you wearing incredible earrings came up. So we wanted to know how many pairs of earrings do you own? Oh, I used to have so many and it was so fun. I used to collect jewellery from all around the world where I lived, like with different communities when I was doing humanitarian work and stuff. And I used to collect all these different beads and make all this beautiful jewellery and sell it at markets and stuff. And now with a four-year-old and two-year-old, like... I only have one of each, so I have a lot of ones. <laughs> but That's literally, cool. I probably, yeah, well, I need to make it. Can you guys make that a trend so yeah, I can yeah. make Jess cool. often wears one earring. Oh, that is awesome. I'm yeah. going to start. Yeah. And, um, and so I literally probably only have four that I have a set of at the moment <laughs> and that don't dangle and aren't, can't be pulled by a baby. Okay. Great. I love it. Raw answer. <laughs> um, what's the last thing you saved up to buy? Ooh. So it's really funny you ask that because I'm so automated in my like system. When I now need to buy something, I often like have money available to do it because I, so. Oh, we're jealous. We mm. all need to be No, here. but no, but do you know what? It didn't start like that. Like when yeah. I was 24 and started the 10,000 girl campaign and stuff, I was sitting in the same space as what we've been talking about and thinking, I want to be good with my money, but I don't know how to do it. And that's how it started as pub conversations with my friends. And now like I've interviewed, you know, thousands and thousands of financial planners and sat with like hundreds of women. And it's so ingrained in me now that just the system's set up. And so when I need to buy something, I know what pot it can come out of. And I don't really need to save for a, a specific thing, you know. But actually one big thing we're saving for, we're building a new commercial kitchen at the moment oh yeah for your other business <laughs> and that's Jeez, our main focus <laughs> financial focus um so we know you're from the country and we want to ask what is the most country thing that you do that i do now or have done either <laughs> i was a real motorbike kid when i was really little. yeah used to round up all the sheep used to love it oh, oh my god yeah. that sounds so fun amazing okay last question if someone listening to this podcast takes one step towards saving more money what would you advise it should be i think it's about the money conversation so if you start a money conversation what you're doing is creating like bringing your plans to life and creating some accountability in your life as well so maybe tell someone what you want to do and so next time you see them you'll be like oh I still need to do that and like quickly open that bank account or um or you know do a free learning to invest in shares course on the ASX website or whatever wherever you're at okay amazing awesome. thank you so much I thank you so much. what an intense learning hour it's so fun <laughs> so good Thanks thank so much, you Zoe. oh my god is zoe just the coolest i love listening to her talk it just she pieces together money in a way that like initially i didn't understand it but once she talks about you know where you're keeping your money and the fact that you should have different bank accounts for different reasons. Also, the fact that we should not be living in debt. I really love that. Stephanie needs to get rid of her credit card debt. I really do. I'm feeling very, very inspired from that chat. And if you are too, Zoe did want us to mention that they actually run something called Verve Academy through Verve. They're super fun, where they run workshops and education sessions for women that are all about finances. So if you are interested in hearing more about this, head to vervesuper.com.au and you can hit Zoe up. 
Was it such a missed opportunity that we didn't refer to it as a super, super fund? Like when I was listening back to that episode, I was like, someone just say super, super fund. It's I, a super, super fund. I feel like we should let them know that and they can use it for their marketing. It's a super fund, super fund. Sorry, that's what I was thinking. Super fund, super fund. I don't understand what you're saying right now. <laughs> it, it is a super fun, super oh, fund. Oh, super fun. Super fun, super fund. How yes, good totally. is that? It is good. So last week, Shameless Media actually released a new podcast all about finances for women which was just really funny timing because it was around the time that we had talked to Zoe and all that stuff. So if you're interested in listening to more podcasts on this topic, head over and listen to She's on the Money. Totally, because they'll be releasing lots of episodes around this topic. So if you do want to do more listening on that, definitely head on over there. So if you did like this episode today, please help us spread the word so other people can hear it too and other women can learn more about money and we can get the conversation started. So share the episode, leave us a review and tell all your friends about it. So question from Lily on Facebook. I'm going on holiday to Sydney. Do you have any tips on where to shop and eat? Ooh. Lily, I'm going on holiday to Sydney. Oh, that's true. What good timing is that? Um, And yeah, obviously we have a lot of tips. Our favorite places to shop in Sydney are probably Bondi. We love the Bondi area. So mm. Tuchuzi is a really awesome boutique there on Gould Street. There's also the Lucy Folk Boutique, which you Playa? have to check is out. Is it called? It is called Playa by Lucy Folk. And our absolute favorite, I mean, so many places to eat, but I'm going to tell you two that you have to go to. One is called South Dowling. It is the best sandwich you will ever eat in your life. Is it called salad. South Dowling Sandwich Shop? True. Maybe it's called South Dowling Sandwiches. Just Google it. You'll find it. And the other one is in Manly. It's called Chica Bonita. It is Mexican. And they do these loaded nacho fry things where it's like instead of nachos, it's fries. And then there are toppings on top. And it is just like mind blowing. Also, um, Dear Razio in Bondi, if you feel like Italian, is just like such a great go-to. Mm, so good. And what's that Parmesan cheese wheel place that we love? Uh, Ten William? Is that what it's called? Maybe. Anyway, Google Parmesan Cheese Wheel. And Buffalo Dining Club there too that do it. True. You are right. So we're not going to see you next week. I feel like we're going to miss you guys. We're going to miss you. Um, Are you going to miss us? Are you going to miss us? Write it in the comments if you are. I'll be in Europe sunning myself and I'll be having a really good time. I'll be in Melbourne freezing myself. So if you do have any favorite podcasts that you like to listen to, that you're going to be listening to over the next few weeks. Send them to me. I want to hear them. I want to be listening to them. Make sure you go back and listen to any episodes you haven't listened to yet from us. There's a hole in your shoe. I know. I'm so annoyed about it. It's not tubes though. Obviously, there would never be a hole in tubes. Oh my God. How did that even happen? I don't know. I'm considering writing to the brand and telling them because like I know if that was us, we would always replace the shoe. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. That's poor. I know. Anyway, we are going to see you in three weeks. We'll see you on July 22nd. Have a great day. First half of July. Enjoy July, people, and stay dry.